but happy Mother's Day. It, it's so good to be able to honor you, um, as I mentioned earlier in the prayer, whether or not you have been a physical mother to someone or, or just an aunt or a friend or, or whatever. You have such a huge influence in this world, in our community, um, with your families, and so on. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think about um, my own mom who, who passed away six years ago in probably three days. <laughs> Um, and and I honor her today of wonderful memory. Um, she was a single mom, I'm an only child, and um, we go way back. And she has been, uh, and she was such a huge impact um, in my own life. And so Mother's Day is a special day for me, anyway. Twelve years ago, I was thriving um, in a new job. There was a lot of fanfare when I, when I joined this firm. Um, it was called Russell Investments, and there was a lot of splash in, in, in the media, um, in mainstream media, um, newspapers, as well as local kind of pensions and investments type um, magazines and so on. And, and it was probably the first time that I experienced that, because that was the first time that I got a really se- senior role, so to speak, um, in my industry. <clears throat> and I was providing investment advice to to UK pension funds, and and I was also traveling around the world, not really around the world, but in a couple of continents. I had a client in, in Africa, the, uh, um, a central bank that I was advising, um, and also a sovereign wealth fund in, in Austria, of all places. And, and so I was traveling around to, to different places and so on, and one of, the, one of the interesting things as well was, as an investment consultant, providing different types of advice to different institutions. On one hand, I had my clients um, that I was advising, and I would take them out for meals and, and so on and so forth, spend time with them and, and get to know them. And on the other hand, there were asset managers who wanted my clients to invest some money with them. So they were kind of schmoozing with me, <laughs> and I was schmoozing with my clients. So there was a lot of schmoozing going on, you know, um, lots of lunches and, and dinners and and um, and seminars that kind of ended into dinners as well, and 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 so on. So there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on. And one of the things that, that I remembered from then was um, soon after I joined. Um, the, there was also a big splash with, 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 with a new CEO. Um, of course, his splash was much bigger than my splash. <laughs> um, and uh, unfortunately, within a year of me joining the firm, the CEO had resigned. And, and to, say, to say the least, unsurprisingly, it, it affected everyone. And the firm also shifted its focus from what I actually signed up to. And within a couple of years, many of my colleagues had left, and I, along with a few others, were forced to resign. Um, to state the obvious, I went through a very, very challenging time. And the, the interesting thing was, I mean, we had very young children at the time. So this, this was 12 years ago. My eldest son, who's now 19, was only about six, seven. And so, um, and Christina just come off from maternity leave, and um, we didn't have a whole lot of savings at the time, etc. And, and very soon after I resigned, I felt the Holy Spirit 
urged me to, to start a new men's discipleship group at church, which was very fascinating. And at that time, I'd only been at Billerwicky Baptist, Baptist Church for about, say, around a couple of years. And I still kind of felt as if I, not necessarily that I didn't belong here, but I didn't necessarily know a whole, whole lot of people then. And I now realize that, <clears throat> that in hindsight, I needed to be deeper with the church community. And so I started the men's group almost for selfish reasons, really, <laughs> um, for, for my own benefit, so to speak. Um, and I got to know a whole bunch of guys a whole lot better. Um, we could help each other to go through life's challenges, especially my own. We could mentor each other. We could... We, we went on socials together, lots of dinners and lunches and barbecues on Saturdays and all sorts of stuff. And of course, some Bible studies thrown in for, for, for good measure. And um, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. And we met, um, and we still meet every other Saturday morning at around 8 a.m. Um, and after much fellowship and Bible study and praying together and encouraging each other regularly, within a few months, um, I got a job with a much better salary, much more senior position rather than the, than the previous one. And it's now been almost 10 years since that men's group started. And just over four years ago, I started our church's second men's group. And that has been thriving, thankfully. And the whole ethos of these men's groups or discipleship groups is to be in community, praying, Bible study, encouraging each other, mentoring each other, and enjoying life together. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, if you think about it, what community are you a part of? Are you a part of a discipleship group, a part of a friendship group, family, work, maybe a sports club? Do you have a hobby and, and that you involve others with? Maybe a choir or a worship team or an online community that you may be a part of. We're all part of an amazing, amazing BBC community, aren't we? We're part of this church, not just to do things together, but to be together so that we can encourage and help each other to live as Christians every single day. This morning I want to talk about the power of gathering as a Christian community to strengthen our faith and confidence in Christ. We continue our new series that Wayne had started last week on how we can be confident in our walk with Jesus by having confidence through Christian community. We all know the saying, don't we, that no man's an island, and, and there's no I in team, and teamwork makes the dream work, right? It's all about, all about um, working in community, working together. I grew up in Jamaica um, in the 70s and 80s with a real sense of community all around. I could turn up at someone's house unannounced, and they would give me dinner or lunch or whatever it is, and I was spend eternity with them, um, just socializing and just chilling out. 
And one of the things that, that I realized was that <clears throat> in, in, in the Caribbean, generally speaking anyway, um, a lot of people, especially on Sundays, Sunday roasts or Sunday dinners were really important. And many people, especially um, my in-laws, Christine's parents, they would all, always cook two meals or two big massive pots because they expected and anticipated all the time that someone would just turn up unannounced. And, <laughs> and they would just give them a meal or, or here, here's, here's a plate, here's an extra, whatever, and they would go home with doggy bags and, and so on. And it was a real sense of community back in Kingston or back in, in, in the Caribbean. And I got a big shock when I came to the UK. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, you know. Um, I wanted to go to a friend's house or whatever, and they said, yeah, tomorrow is not really that good. <laughs> what about next month, um, six weeks' time, 9.30 p.m., or whatever, you know. it was. I didn't make appointments. It was, it was kind of, I wasn't quite used to it. Um, but it is, it is so important, isn't it? to live in community, to be able to just chill and flex and relax with each other. Um, when I was growing up as a child, even though as an older child, I was, I was an extrovert in a sense, and I always wanted to, to play with my friends. And we're always in different groups, and e- even in high school, I was part of a chess team, and um, I played table tennis a lot. Um, I was a national junior champion at the time, back in the day. It was so much fun. I was singing it with, with choirs and, and, and doing voiceovers and doing acting and do, doing all sorts, all sorts of musicals, etc., etc. And looking back at the time, of course, community helped me in my own personal life to thrive. It was so important. And one of the things that I notice is that as we get older and start working and so on, especially when I commute into London, in, into the office, um, everyone is on their earphones or headphones and reading gossip magazines or listening to something else or, or just silo and, and on their own. Even in, when I notice, even in community, even in Billericay or wherever that, people are always walking on their own. But generally speaking, not all the time, obviously. Some people have families and so on, but still, it's, it's, it's a single journey, so to speak. And then, when we transition into retirement, <laughs> you know, we want community. We relish community. We want to be together again. And this kind of barbell kind of shape thing is, I don't necessarily think that is what God intended. God intended for us to be part of a community. We long for community because that is how God has created us. Yes, some of us may be extroverts and introverts, but even during lockdown, we noticed that even the introverts started to miss being in community with others. In Genesis, what was it that God said when he created woman? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It's not good for the man to be alone. Yes, there are times when it's good to be alone. The bathroom is one of those places, of course. <laughs> um, but God made us for community, didn't he? 
And this community isn't just so we don't get lonely, but rather it is so that we can grow. In Genesis, God says he will make a helper who is just right for the man. And this means that they will fit together so that they can thrive, so that they can grow in life together. And so it is through community that we grow in confidence. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 to 15. I don't know if it will come up on the screen, if, if, if you have a pre-prepared. You, you only got the one verse, did you? <laughs> okay. Um, we can fo- focus on that one, and I, you can just listen to me as I read, read a few verses here. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that, whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. Verse 11, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to walk, to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. This, Paul wasn't just writing to one person here, was he? He was writing to the local church, to a community of Christians, to work together, to take tender care of each other, encourage each other, build each other up. It is so, so important. Um, we all know that, you know, when we go to church sometimes and, and, and everyone says, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's everything? And, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, are you really? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Everything's fine. And we all know underneath, a lot of times, where things aren't necessarily okay. And it's really in, in our Christian community where we can care for each other, love each other, encourage each other. That is when we start thriving as individuals, as a community, as friends, as as, as sisters and brothers, as mothers and fathers. You see, the, the young church back in the day, back in Thessalonica, had a lot of persecution and oppression to deal with. And at the same time, they had a very new and young faith. So they lacked experience. And yet these young believers stood firm in their faith. And so Paul writes to encourage them and to teach them it is so important that there were apprentices of Jesus. And towards the end of the letter, one of the things that Paul teaches them is about the end times and Jesus' second coming. And he tells them to be on their guard. And it is into this teaching that Paul tells them to encourage each other and to build each other up. 
There's a real sense, I think, that Paul is writing to a community and telling them to keep in community with each other during the good and the bad times. We all need each other. And without each other as a church, as friends, we are really going to struggle. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And it describes the process of two pieces of metal being rubbed together to make them sharper. And it's the same thing in our own lives. We can sharpen and improve one another through our relationships and our interactions. I remember a few years ago, I was mowing the lawn. Um, when I was growing up as a kid or even as a teenager um, in, in Jamaica, or at least in the wider Caribbean, um, outside of the Western world, we have lots of workers um, who help us and, and, and we have a gardener and we have we have a we have a technician and we have we hire lots of different people and labor is relatively inexpensive. And so when I was growing up, um, I didn't necessarily mow the lawn at all. <laughs> I didn't really know what mowing the lawn kind of meant. And and of course, you know, um, it was it seemed relatively straightforward. It wasn't until I came there and I had to buy my own lawn mower and, and work the lawn and whatever. <laughs> really? Um, and, and after a couple of years, um, when, I first, when, when I bought my first one, I realized <clears throat> that the stripes weren't, going, weren't working properly. I'm like, why, why are the stripes disappearing? <laughs> um, I bought the lawn mower so I could get the stripes. Come on. Not just to cut the lawn. And... Um, and a friend told me that you need to get the razor or the blade sharpened. <laughs> like, okay. So I found a place and, and it sharpened it and so on and so forth. And, and it started working again properly. Surprise, surprise. And, 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 the, and the stripes came back. <clears throat> and, and, you know, the thing is, what I realized is that when you sharpen something, you make it a whole lot more fit for purpose. And so as followers of Christ, we are to sharpen each other, aren't we? Help each other uh, to grow. And that is what community is all about. As iron sharpens iron, one person can sharpen another through their words, through their actions, through how we behave to each other and with each other. And when we are in relationship with others, we can learn from them and grow with them and be challenged by them. There is power when we gather in community. Our faith is strengthened and we have a lot more confidence in Christ. And in the Bible we see so many examples of the importance of community in nurturing and strengthening our faith. In the book of Acts, we read about the early Christians who devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That was Acts 2, verse 42. <clears throat> they gathered regularly to learn from the teachings of the apostles. They shared meals together. They prayed together. I mean, this is not rocket science, right? <clears throat> and I know I'm preaching to the church here, but... 
through their shared experiences and, and their talks and their discussions, they were able to deepen their understanding of their faith and support one another in their journey. <clears throat> we also see the importance of community in the life of Jesus. Throughout his entire ministry, Jesus gathered around him a group of disciples who he taught, who he mentored, and who he journeyed with. And they shared in his mission to spread the word of God. And they were a source of support and encouragement to one another. And so as we reflect on these examples, we can see that being a part of a community of believers isn't just beneficial, but it is so essential for our own spiritual growth and our own development. When we gather with others who share our faith, we can learn from one another. We can share our struggles together. We can share our triumphs together and be inspired by the way that God works in our own, in our own lives. And of course, <clears throat> being, in, in, being in community isn't just about receiving, but it's also about giving. So we give and take. We are called to be active participants in our own communities, reaching out to those in need, sharing our gifts with each other, dining with each other, sharing our food with each other, and supporting each other on our own faith journeys. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 <clears throat> says therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing the church back then was going through a very very tough time and they were having lots of difficult and challenging conversations and also questions to Paul. And Paul, said, and Paul said to them that they should encourage each other and build each other up. Community is so important, isn't it? So, so important. Do we know everyone in our church? Have we spoken to everyone? What are you going to be doing this time tomorrow? Maybe it is a question you could ask each other after, after church, after the service is finished. And pray for someone. Or pray for that person. 10 to 11 tomorrow, I'll probably be in a client meeting or, or in, a, in, in, the, in a team meeting work, working with some colleagues. Um, I'm taking over um, a, a few new clients from other partners in the, in the firm who are retiring. And it's, it's, it, so I'm going to have to learn to work with some new people, new team members, and understand the dynamics of, of this new pension, fund, new pension fund that I'm taking on. I need a lot of prayer for that. <laughs> it's going to be very complicated complicated, um, lots of investment markets and volatile stuff going on in, 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 in the investment markets at the moment. Um, 
What about you this time tomorrow? What are you going to be doing? Probably just waking up maybe or, or talking to your neighbors. <clears throat> but whatever it is that you are doing, um, we should we should make sure that we can support each other in our own community. Inspire each other. Help each other to grow spiritually and emotionally and intellectually. At the same time, of course, we have a responsibility to be a positive influence on others. We can use our words and our actions to sharpen and encourage each other. And in doing so, we can help them to become better versions of ourselves. I want to be a better version of myself. So much room for improvement, I'm sure you know. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Can you bring that one up, please? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We mentioned this earlier, but it's a powerful reminder of the importance of relationships and community in our own lives. And it teaches us that we have the ability to impact and improve one another through our interactions and encourages us to seek out relationships that will challenge us to grow and become our best selves. So as we bring this time to a close, let's be a church that is really and genuinely interested in each other. And when that happens, we grow in confidence together. And we must remember that the church is at the center of God's plans. And throughout Scripture, from the beginning of creation, we see that we are designed for community. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. In today's world, as we reflect and as we close, it can be so easy to feel isolated and disconnected from others, especially during these very challenging times. But we must remember that we are not alone and we have a community of believers who are here to support and encourage us. Like iron sharpens iron, let us embrace the power of community and be active participants in nurturing and strengthening our faith. John 13, verse 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I urge you all this morning to seek out and be a part of a community of believers here a time road. Let us continue to get together to learn, to support one another, and to be inspired by the ways that God is working in our own lives. What could you do to sharpen and encourage someone today? Maybe form a new discipleship group here at Tyne Road. Maybe that's one thing you could do. 
or send someone an encouraging text or email during the day, maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after. Just encourage someone in this church, or, or maybe start, start a new prayer triplet or something like that. Or deepen your relationship with someone who you don't normally speak to on a regular basis. May we be encouraged and strengthened by the power of community. And may our faith and conviction be deepened through our own shared experiences on our own journey together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you.